podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search Fan Hub app to play your part in the journey. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. This episode contains some strong language. Hello and welcome to the Voices of the Vic Christmas Special. Yes, we are back for the Christmas Special. Last year's was a hoot. Hopefully this year's is as well. As you can see, I've got my Christmas jumper on. I've got my beer. I usually get slated for my choice of beer sometimes on the podcast. So this time I've gone with a Grolsch. So hopefully no one can slant me for that because it's decent. Um, But yeah, Christmas Special. I've been waiting so long for this. I... um, I went out of my uh, I went out on my Christmas do on Friday for work, and I thought, Christ, I'm going to be hammered on Friday, and then I thought I'll probably have a few drinks on Saturday, so I'm going to be sort of hungover for today. But I didn't have a drop of alcohol yesterday, so I'm feeling fresh as today. But that's enough about me. As you know, I don't do these podcasts on my own. I certainly won't be able to do the Christmas special on my own as well. So without further ado, let's bring in the other two guys. Uh, I just tried a shortcut, which didn't work. So let's try that again. There's James and here's Ben. Chaps, how are we this evening? Ben, how's, uh, we haven't discussed an actual Watford game for quite a while because obviously, you know, um, there, there is a COVID outbreak at the moment, which isn't great. Um, so we haven't been able to discuss the Burnley game or the Crystal Palace game. So how's things been for yourself, mate? You've been, you've been keeping well? Yeah, keeping well. Um, I've not really done much like Going to Watford on the weekends does make up quite a lot of my life. <laughs> um, so I was gutted that we couldn't go to the Vic on Saturday to watch us play. Um, then obviously midweek as well, looking forward all day to getting home from work, putting on BT Sport, watching the Watford Burnley game, and then out of nowhere it was cancelled and called off. So gutted that we couldn't attend the games. So gutted for the fans that travelled up to Burnley as well. Really felt for them. Some just turned up, some was an hour away or so. So, hats off to all of you travelling up there on a Wednesday night as well. I salute you guys, um, top quality fans. Um, but yeah, myself, I'm all good. Um, got a little pay rise from work the other day as well, which I'm all happy about. Ooh. Christmas is round the corner. Um, it's Saturday. I can't believe it's round the corner. Um, so, yeah, just got a bit of Christmas wrapping to do. Saw Strictly final last night for anyone who's um, Strictly fan. Rose one with Giovanna. So, happy with that um but yeah how are you doing James uh I'm very very well I mean I was obviously as Ben said I was gutted that that there's no football um obviously I was looking forward to the Burnley game all day as, as everyone was 
uh, and then obviously they called it off last minute, which was a bit ridiculous, but but hey ho, here we are. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking forward to Christmas. I've actually forgotten to do um, my advent calendar today, so maybe I'll do it later on in the stream. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll get that out. Um, but yeah, all good. Looking forward to Christmas. Less than a week now, isn't it? I mean, Christmas is what next next Saturday. So so yeah, look, looking forward to it, and hopefully. Um, Father Christmas will, will bring me some Watford-related presents. Christ. <laughs> I sometimes forget how young you are, man. Advent calendar. Yeah. Advent calendar, Father Christmas. Do you guys not have one? No, do you know I what? Um, too old. No, no, no. I, I, I'm with you on this, James. Um, my mum reckons she tried her hardest to get me one. Uh, I'm not buying that, to be honest. I, I, I'm, seeing, I'm seeing them in the shops still now. So yeah, I didn't get one this year, but um, I've actually got I've actually got two. I've got one over there and one over there. So so yeah, oh, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah, selfish. <laughs> you, you've bought them all. That's why my mum can't get any for me. Um, yeah, I mean Ben, you said there on Wednesday. You know, I got in from work. I bought a few beers from the shop, and I thought, right, I'm going to kick back, chill out, and watch um, watch Watford Burnley and uh, everything else. And didn't quite go to plan. So, and, you know, for those that, um, you know, went and travelled to uh, to Burnley, you know, it's a long old slog on a Wednesday night. So, and I think they, they said that the Premier League and Watford's, Watford made the Premier League aware around 4pm and they only um, sort of postponed it at 6, I think it was. I might be, my timings might be way off there, but regardless, still really poor from the Premier League in that, in that regard. Uh, and hopefully we'll be back in action on Boxing Day against uh, away at Wolves, a place where in recent years we've sort of done all right, you know, 2-0 from memory. Um, the the 2-0, uh, was it 2-0? Was it 3-0? It was 3-0, oh, wasn't it? Which game are you thinking of? The uh, Pereira and the, where Pereira scores straight after, after kick-off? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one and then the promotion season we drew 2-2 as well. Uh, I was at that game and it was ridiculously sunny and they put us over in that stand and the sun was in my eyes and yeah, it was uh, it wasn't good. Um, evening to everyone that's in the stream as well. I can't see who's actually in the stream unless there's um, unless a comments put in. So if you're watching, thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Just uh, a big hello to everyone that's commented so far. Uh, Ant Parsons, Rudy Clark Johnson, Brendan. Um, Chris, Sam, um, thanks for for your guys' comments. Uh, it's it's really appreciated. But as we do in um, in on the Christmas special for Voices of Vic, we like to make sure that we cover all the categories. So don't forget. And to be honest, I say don't forget. I almost forgot. Ben had to remind today. The this does cover some of last season as well. So I uh, here was me. Rewards, isn't it? It's it's the annual reward. So it does cover last season's second half to the promotion portion. Arguably, probably better half of the season for last season. <laughs> that promotion course was brilliant. So um, yeah, that just yeah, because there was a category on here, and I said to Ben, I says really, and he was like, yeah. Well, if you think about it, it was last season. I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, so we've got young player of the year for twenty two years and on that. Unsung Player of the Year, um, Manager of the Year, that's the one that I was questioning, but it makes <laughs> sense now. Um, signing of the Year, 
goal of the year, team performance of the year, worst performance of the year and player of the year all to cram into tonight's Christmas special. And whilst we're discussing the, uh, the topics as well, be sure to pop the comments in the, in the comments your guys' answers because uh, we want to know, we want to get everyone involved as much as we can. So without further ado, we'll start with the first category being the Young Player of the Year. So like I said, this is for anyone that's 22 years old or under. Um, so you have to bear in mind that Emmanuel Dennis, 24 at the moment, Ishmael Assar, 23. Yes, he would have been 22 uh, at some stage of, of last season. I don't know whether it was the second part of last season. Uh, I, to be honest, it doesn't matter. So, James, we'll start with you. Who's getting your vote for Young Player of the Year? So, Young Player of the Year, obviously, there's only a certain amount of, of players that, that fall into that category. I think for me, um, you know, there's a number of contenders. You've got Jeremy Ngakia, who, you know, has, has been fantastic. But for his age as well, I think he's only 20, 21. Um, so it's amazing to see that that he's playing regular Premier League football at his age. I think I think he's gone under the radar really. I think that um, you know o- overall for for Watford has been has been absolutely fantastic. But I think for me, um, João Pedro has has got to win. I think in the Championship last season, uh, yes, he wasn't maybe as prolific as as we wanted him to be. I think he only scored eight eight nine goals, didn't he? But I think this season, uh, you know, he was injured at the start. He's come back. He scored against Manchester United. He obviously had the sad news with with his stepfather as well. Um, so I think for me, it's only right that it goes to goes to João Pedro this year. And as you can see, Rudy Clark Johnson straight in your camp today, James. Agreeing with you massively there, Ben. Are you are you in the João Pedro camp as well, or are you are you going elsewhere on this one? No, it's Jao Pedro as well for me. Um, to see how he's developed over the last two, three seasons as well, it's just he's turned from a boy into a man, hasn't he? And matured off the pitch, on the pitch. Um, you've got to remember that he came over here not speaking a word of English, and for him to have a really good bond with the squad as well. You saw that when he scored his goal, and um, everyone was round him to celebrate with him because um, it was a massive moment for him to score his first Premier League goal against Manchester United as well. It wasn't like it was against someone in the bottom of our half of the table. Well finished, well um, finished shot. Um, and he had a shot saved just prior to that as well, you've got to remember. And it was how you react. And it was within 10, 15 seconds, he had another opportunity and he, he popped it um, into the back of the net. It was just so fantastic and wonderful to see. Um Got us all a bit emotional when that hit the back of the net as well, didn't it? Um, and I just think he's been brilliant whenever he's been called upon. He got off the bench at Goodison Park at Everton. He got an assist. He hit the ground running. And it was just just what you expect from Joe Pedro. And I just want to see him feature more um, this season. And I, I think he's good enough to start in this match day 11. So, yeah, same with James. Um, Joe Pedro is young player of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, for me as well, João Pedro gets a clean sweep. Not not to be boring or try and be samey-samey, but it is hard to look past. I, I think you guys have summed it up perfectly. He had that season. The season we went down, I think he made a couple of appearances off the bench. I think he played in the Tranmere game. Um, and he, he looked a good player, but you could tell that work needed. <laughs> uh, I think we've lost Mike here. Well, that's what you get for living up north, eh? <laughs> Dodgy Wi-Fi. 
No, he switched to his um, he switched to his phone hotspot. So hopefully, he should be back in in a second. Um... <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, Mike. Right. <laughs> so, shall we just shall we just carry on then and, until Mike gets back? Oh, I'm happy for that. Yeah. Um, so we we just discussed young player of the season. I think we've we've all voted for Joel Pedro there, and he fully deserves yeah. that award. Um, so next award was actually unsung player of the season. So we're not going to go for someone who was like top goal scorer or who won player of the season last year. It's someone who was he performed consistently well last year, but he didn't actually get those rewards to. Yeah, the rewards for last season. So, James, who who do you reckon would be the unsung hero for last season for you? It's it's a difficult one for me. Ugh, unsung player like that could be could be anyone. It's it's it could be I mean, Harry unsung, You know, the definition of an of an unsung player is kind of like you know a player who you know just doesn't get enough credit. Ugh. I think oh, it's so difficult. Probably, possibly, probably, I don't know. I, don't, people I, think, like, maybe, I think you'll you have to go first, then. Let, let me hear yours. And, and, uh. You're throwing me under the bus, right? Um, well, unsung hero for me would be like looking at the past years. So you've obviously had the Ben Watson who came in and did such a vital job, but it was never really up there, it was never top draw. Um, but consistently, I'd say it was probably a 7 out of 10, and that's what you need to get promoted and to stay into the Premier League. So you're kind of looking for that kind of player. Um, in the last year, I think Kiko's too good for an unsung hero. Yeah, um, no, that, that, was, that was my problem. I was thinking, you know, could I go with Kiko? But I think we've given Kiko enough praise for, for him to for him to not be an unsung yeah. player. <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this name and it might be people who disagree with me, but I'm maybe going to say Adam Messina. Okay. No, I can't. Last season. Purely because he was, he started the season quite poorly. Um, No, he started the season injured, didn't he? Um, And then he came in, his first appearance was Norwich at home. He came in with that last minute dive, uh, slide tackle, just to um, get it away from Pukki. And then you've obviously got his goal at Cardiff City. He scored against Norton and Forest as well. So if if I'm looking at unsung hero, and I know you might not agree, but I'm going for Adam Messina. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, my one... He's not really unsung though. I'll, I'll say his name anyway. I think I'm, I'm just going to go with Musa Sissoko just because um, how he's come in. Obviously, Troy left. Troy is the captain of Watford. Musa's come in. He's, he's taken the armband. He's, he's a leader. And to be honest, I can't really think of a performance where Sissoko has, has had you know a bad game. He's not really put in um, a bad shift at all since he's been at the club. So I think for me, um, even though he gets a lot of praise anyway, I'm, I'm probably going to go with Musa Sissoko. Yeah, and I'll see what you've done with that because since he's came in, he's been consistently good every game. But he's not been man of the match performances, but you've noticed he's been on the pitch. And when he gets that ball and drives forward, that's just I, I see like a bit of decore in him when he each got those legs, he's got those long legs where he just drives with the ball, he strides forwards and he's so powerful in midfield as well. So I would probably go for yeah, with him for this season, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Mike. We're talking about our unsung hero. <laughs> obviously, obviously, you've just rejoined. Nice of you to join us again, Mike. <laughs> I uh, I don't know what happened. I've sent a, a I've sent a picture to the group chat that we're in, and uh, 
I was talking, and it's just cropped up saying, your laptop has run into an error. It needs to restart. And it was like, brilliant. <laughs> what a brilliant time to do that. Uh, you want TV's comment makes you laugh. Is this why HS2 uh, is being built? So that Mike can be in touch with civilization 15 minutes quicker? <laughs> um, possibly, yeah. Um, but yeah, like I say, um, Joe Pedro was my vote for for young uh, young player of the year. I think the way that he adapted, just quickly to to go off what I was saying, the way that he adapted to English football, knowing he was going into the second tier of English football, a physical league, to put on the muscle that he did, and his all round game just changed. And it, I thought he really, really did his homework and knuckled down. But um, unsung hero, I would say, um, Christ, if this show was maybe a few game weeks earlier. I'd have been saying Danny Rose because I think he's he up until that Liverpool game, he was one of our better players. Um, but why aren't you saying since, it now, Mike? Well, since the Liverpool game, it's not quite worked out for him, has it? Let's be fair. Um, but I don't know. I think it's a tough one because I'm going to play. I'm going to go Jeremy and Gakia because largely last season. I mean, he started last season and he was brilliant and those stats were there to, to prove his his worth and the fact that West Ham let him go, you know, we were like, we can't believe they've let him go for free. He's been doing really well. Then he lost his place to Kiko Femenia and Kiko Femenia and Saar had that beautiful link-up play between them and it really worked. But every time that Ngakia come back into the squad, he could have very easily sort of lost interest. He could have been like, well, sod this, I've lost my place now. But it was very much the opposite. He come in at left back a few times and and did a, a decent enough job. He's played this season. I think we played Crystal Palace in pre season. I think Ben, you were saying to me, he looked out of his depth. But he's come back and he's been one of the better players when he's been playing. I can't remember who he come on against the other week. I think it might have been Man City or um, Chelsea. But he, I, I think the amount of game time he gets. He, whenever he gets a game, he does do really, really well. And I, I just think that he goes under the radar a little bit. And funny we mentioned Danny Rose. He actually said, in terms of uh, attitudes, he's probably come across, He out of all the footballers he's come across, he says, with the attitude that Jeremy Ngakia has got, he's going right to the very top. So for that reason, I'm going to go Jeremy Ngakia because I don't think he gets the praise that he deserves sometimes because, you know, having to play sporadically uh, and then when he when he has to fill in he, he has to fill in at left back or something so not his proper position I, like I say yeah I, I think Jeremy and Gakia for that reason only It's interesting you've both gone with fullbacks as well Ben's gone with Messina you've gone you've gone with Ngakia Yeah absolutely We've all gone Fair different though, haven't it's... we which, which is what the category is about because I don't think there's a wrong answer um, for Unsung Hero because there's, there's lots of them there's lots of Good performances. Obviously, we got promoted last season, so there's quite a lot to pick from from that year. Um, so it's interesting that we've actually gone through three different ones. Um... Yeah, um, Chris, on average, how many pins you get through per show? Um, the last couple of shows, actually, they've been on a Sunday, and I've been struggling a little bit. So I've, I've not really, um, I've not really knocked a few back in the last few episodes, which is unfortunate. <laughs> but I've got. I've just had one. I've got another one here now and there's one more bottle up there, but I'm sure that I'll have to 
try and sneak off somehow and maybe restock after uh, like during I'm the sure show. You're I thinking we'll do again, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he says, and Gakia was an undisclosed six-figure fee rather than a free. Still very good uh, value and a super little player. I did not know that. I thought he was a free. So uh, well, nice to meet for, for his age, I think you'd have to pay that um, compensation fee, wouldn't you? Um, so yeah. that's where it is. Uh, it, he's totally right. For his age, there's no free transfers involved. Goes forward to a um, tribunal and then a discuss about how much they're actually worth. So yeah, I, I agree with that six-figure sum. Yeah. Um, someone is going to have to tell me what the next category is because I am now on my phone. So I don't have it to hand. Uh, a shambolic it's actually our first it. game, Mike. Huh? It's our first game. Little game we've got going on uh, tonight. So we're going to be playing two little games. There's a game called Lies, which I don't know if you've seen. Um, some Watford players have done it recently with Adam Smith from Soccer AM with um, Joshua King and Emmanuel Dennis, where you, you play a game and you have to say how many of that category you could name. So, for example, I could say to James, name me five things in Mike's bedroom or something. And Mike would be like, well, I can name seven because I'm in, I'm in the bedroom. And Mike, James would be like, all right, then you name the seven because I can't do that. Um, I don't, that was a really crap example. I'm really sorry. <laughs> um, but it works like that. So who wants to go first? I, I'll say one of you two go. To, let, James, let's go with you first because um, you've so got what, an advent calendar. Do? do you want me to give a subject and you two play or am I going up against someone? No, you give a subject and us two will play. No cheating okay. in the comments either, guys. We won't, I don't know if you two can see the comments, but no cheating in the comments. You do not read I the comments. I can't see I the know. comments. Good. Hold I on. Will so know let, me get a stopwatch, um, let me get like a stopwatch up as well, because obviously... You what are we doing, like 30 with... seconds? 30 seconds, yes. Yeah, so let me get a stopwatch You get 30 first. seconds to name the amount, yeah. First oh, game already. Here we go. Bring on, Mike. Right, yeah, so um, I want. <laughs> I typed in stopwatch oh, and I've ended up uh, going on the shop to buy a watch. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> um, so I want you two to name things that you would find in a kitchen. Okay. I thought of it earlier, James. I was like, I should give this category, and this is what I do. That's silly. <laughs> so, ben, All right. Ben, um, name how many you think you can do first. 10. Christ. I have to come back with something. Um, 11. What was that, Mike? 11, sorry. <laughs> I still didn't hear him. <laughs> oh, I said I'll go for 11. Oh, 11. Um, 12. I can't really hear you, Mike. Name, name the twelve. Oh, name the twelve. All right, James, you got the stock clock ready, mate. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, ready. Three, two, one. Mike, you're going to count them, yeah? Um, bin. Yeah, yeah. I'll fridge. Count. Freezer. Um, work surface. Drawers. Oh, are we having that? Spoons, knives, forks, glasses, cups, cooker, 
Oh crap! <laughs> Sink. One more. One tap. more. Um, he's done it. 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 He had three seconds left. He had three seconds left. <laughs> Some of them were uh, one aspect, but we'll let it go. <laughs> Which was the subject? Work surface. Work surface. I mean, to be fair, your name's more than twelve, so you made up for it. But yeah, <laughs> I was just doing a virtual tour of my kitchen. <laughs> Oh, Christ. Um, Are we doing a little quiz now? Uh, yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll stick with James. So James, right. James has prepared five questions. Yes. So again, it's me and Ben up against it. So yeah, I think it will just be the first first person to answer wins a point, I think. That, that's yeah, probably so the ba- fairest. Basically, so... Basically, all of my questions bar one are multiple choice. So I'll read the question, I'll read the multiple choice, and then you two give me an answer. Whoever gets the answer gets the point, basically. All right. So my first question is, Troy Deeney moved to Birmingham City this season, but how many goals has he scored so far in the championship? Is it A, three? Is it B, four? Or is it C, five? Four. Four. Four is the correct answer. So you've both got a point on that round. Uh, that question. goal was good at Millwall, by the way, was incredible. Oh, mate. It was in, like, the one where he negged the player. Yeah. Yeah. Vintage Troy Deeney. Uh, he's won against Cardiff the other day. wasn't too bad as well. He, uh, again, a bit vintage Troy Deeney. Yeah. It's good to see him. Good to see him doing well. Next question is about another former Watford player. And the question is, how many yellow cards did Jose Holabas collect during his entire Watford career? Is it A, 24? Is it B, 34? Or is it C, 44? 34. No, I tweeted this, Mike. (laughs) Yeah, you did. 34. I'm going. I was going to say 34 as well. The correct answer is 44. So you're both, wow. you're both wrong. Wow. And that is How many did he get to... that one season when he broke the record? I think he got 14. I think he got 14 in, in that one season. Solid. But that's obviously based on what I've given you his entire uh, Watford career. Um, so you're both wrong on that one. So you're both still on one point each. So the third question is, according to Wikipedia... What is the maximum stadium capacity at Vicarage Road? Is it A, 19,200, B, 21,200, or C, 22,200? 21,200. So Ben's gone with, what have you gone with, Ben? C, 22,000. 22,000, Mike's gone with 21,000. Ben is correct on this one. It's 22,200. So that's two points to Ben, one point to Mike. Uh, question four <laughs> is which... This, this, is, this is a very, very hard question, by the way. I don't expect either of you to get this, but if you do, uh, very well done. Uh, which two clubs merged in 1898 to form Watford FC as it's now known? And that's not multiple choice. You just need to name me the two clubs. Was it something like Canterbury? 
No. Crikey. That is that has thrown a spanner in the works at us. Um is it Hearts Hearts FC? Something Something to do with Rovers. Wasn't Watford used to be Rovers? Watford Rovers, I think. We used to be known as the Brewers, I think. Do you want me no, to give you So yeah. the answer is West Hertfordshire Rovers and oh, Watford no. St Mary's. That was a good question. That was a to good be question. fair, I did not know that until about an hour ago. Uh, so <laughs> I, I, did, I did not expect you guys to get that either. Um, well, fifth and go on, Mike. This one now, Ben will either talk it against me or I'll draw level and I'll be happy with that after he beat me on the uh, lies one. So, yeah, floor is yours, James. Well, we've gone from a very easy question to a question that if you're a true Watford fan, you should, you should get this question right, OK? So this is a test um, to see no if pressure. either of you are, are plastic fans or not. So fifth and final question. What year was Graham Taylor made manager of Watford for the first time? Is it A, 1977, B, 1976 or C, 1975? I'm going to go A. I'm going to go 75. Uh, I'm no good with years and when people became what and all that. So The correct answer is A, 1977. Oh, uh, so Mike showing uh, his true colours there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't believe that. that they were so, very, so, very good questions. So what's the scores and the doors then? So Ben, Ben two one up. Is that right? Ben, Ben's uh, Ben's winning so far. Yeah, he's he's won on lies, and then he, he's won in the quiz. So two nil. Happy days. Two nil. Happy days. Ben two nil. Um, Shall we mix and match it? Do you want to read out your five questions and me and James will have a stab at it and then we'll move on to the next category after that? Yeah, my five questions. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, I feel confident with this as well. So, unfortunately, I haven't done multiple choice because I kind of want to stitch you boys up. Um, No problem. All right. So, let's start with this one. So, number one, Troy Deeney scored 140 goals for Watford. But who was the last team he scored against for Watford? Ooh, that is a good question. I think I know this actually, Mike. Go on, James. What you got? I think it might be wrong, but I might have actually been there. Brentford at home. Brentford at home hey? in December last year. Nope. It, it was, in fact, QPR in our 2-1 defeat. Oh, no. He scored a penalty to put us 1-0 up and QPR scored two late goals to win it. <coughs> it's shocking for me, that is. To be fair, we both right. thought the same thing, Mike, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> Number two. Okay. How many goals did Fernando Forestieri score for Watford? Ooh, in total, in his career. In total, in his 92 appearances. The closest can have a point. Okay. No, but when you say closest, I, I could say seven and he'd have got 20 yards and James could say three. And Why don't you go two either side? Okay. 
Mike, I'll you go too. I'll let you hear what Mike has to say. I think I think I'm, I'm, I might be close. I th- I'm going to say twenty-two. I'm going to say yeah. I'm going to say nineteen. I can't believe it. Um, he scored twenty-one. <laughs> So Wait. So what? What happens then? Mike was closest. Mike was one away, whereas you you was two away. But then, if we're going on the basis of being two away, surely you both get a point. No, no, no. You can't just know. change the rules to suit yourself. <laughs> well, they did in Formula One, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you can both have a point, but Mike was closest, and Mike, you got half a point on top of that, yeah. Right, um, it took uh, Igalo to sc- six appearances to score his first Watford goal. Who did he score against? Oh, God. This would have been in the Championship. I Was it Blackpool? James? Um, I'm going to go with Cardiff. It was Brentford in our 2-1 oh. victory. Um, Vidra scored that absolutely thunder bastard from outside the box as well. Yeah, he actually, Igalo took the penalty. He's, um, the Brentford keeper saved it and he stabbed in the rebound. Yeah. I was at that Apple game. One. Quality. Um, Chuko Hernandez scored on his Watford debut, but how many seconds after he came off the bench did he score? So are we, are we now going to do who's closest? Yeah, yeah doing, he's quoted yeah, now. Yeah, I think All that's. Right. You want it? You you go first, James. Uh, okay, uh, eight, eighteen seconds. Three seconds. Right. Mike. Uh, Twenty-three seconds. It was forty-nine seconds. Oh, man. <laughs> there we go. Dear, I've been screwed, um... I've been screwed over by the rules here. This isn't fair, really. Uh, and my last question: Who was the last defender to score for Watford? Craig Cathcart, first game of the season against Middlesbrough. Uh, last defender yeah. to score for Watford. Uh, that would be. Give me a second. Hold on. Oh, I'm, not... I... I'm sure Mike's wrong here. Um... Oh, actually, I'm just thinking about it. I am wrong. I've gone way <laughs> too far back here. I've just thought of another defender that scored after that. That was the first I'm, game of last season. I'm going to go with... Oh, oh no. I, I don't know. I know the answer. I'm going to go with Ben Wilmot, but that's wrong as well. Yep. Mike? No. It might... <sighs> You're both wrong. Ben Wilmot. No. William Schuster-Kong against Coventry. No. Francesco Sirielta in the 4-1 victory away at Rotherham. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Failed miserably on that. That was gotcha. horrendous. That was horrendous from me, that was. Craig Cathcart, first game of the yeah, season. Yeah, you, you went all the way back to the first game of, of the championship season. Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking now. I've just dived straight in without thinking. Um, you struggled massively with that one. Right, hundred percent. Yeah. Let's um get back to the topics then. Um, the 
the award. So the next award is Manager of the Year. And I, this was the one Mike was a bit like, why have you thrown that one in? And then I actually explained to him we have had two managers this year. So, Mike, is your Manager of the Year, is it Cisco Munoz or is it Claudio Ranieri? I, I think it's a hard one to, to answer, only because we don't know what job Ranieri is going to do with it. Do with us, sorry. Um, I think, like we've said on the pods before, you can see how he's trying to set us up. You can see how we're trying to play, and you can see what he's trying to do here. But he's being massively let down by his defence. So, I think if we can shore up the defence, I do believe that Claudio Ranieri will keep us up. So, if he keeps us up, then he's got a very, very good you know, um, good case to be had in terms of manager of the season, uh, manager of the year, sorry. But he has only won two games in however many games, um, in however many games he's, he's managed. So I'm, for that reason, and because of Cisco Munaf's brilliant second half of last season, I think I'm going to have to go Cisco Munaf because the way that he turned it around, like, if you remember that Bristol City game where we won 6-0, there were calls of, if he doesn't win this game, we need to sack him. That's what they were saying. And then we went out and won 6-0. People were even saying, um, I hope we lose just so that he can get sacked. You know, remember that bloody game against Coventry? And I know one man that won't forget it is Don Goodman. But um, that game against Coventry is like, it was horrendous. And I sort of finished watching that thinking, I'm, I like really, really am like slowly losing interest in football. And I never thought I'd get to that stage. Even when coronavirus hit, people were like, because it's behind closed doors, it doesn't have the same feel. For me, I'm just football mad. So I was like, at least football's on. Yeah, it's crap that the fans aren't in but at least football's still going ahead. And the first game where I thought, actually, can I be bothered for this, was that Coventry game. Uh, so the fact that he miraculously turned it around and the feel-good factor within the squad, you could tell they were so um, they were so engaged with the fans as well. I just have to go with Cisco Munna uh, purely because of, of what he did. You know, we... We said it on, on the podcast. We at one stage it looked as if we'd have struggled to get to the playoffs, let alone go up. So I'm going to go Cisco Munner for for my answer. Um, what about yourself, Ben? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, we wouldn't be in a Premier League if it wasn't for the feel factor that Cisco Munoz brought back to Watford. Um, it was very dire under. Vladimir Ivic, um, the morale was rock bottom. Um, there was lots of grumblings behind the scene, obviously the, the famous um, Troy Deeney and Ivic situation as well, which kind of got Ivic out the door, didn't it? Um, the way he fell out with Deeney, didn't even approach him on the match day, um, didn't even tell him to warm up or anything at that Huddersfield Town game. Um, so the writing was on the walls for Ivic and he wasn't going to stay after that. So what were pretty low down the performances were poor we lost at Huddersfield that day as well and then Cisco came in and his first game was against Norwich as well and like we picked up that big win against Norwich at home 
um, 1-0 victory. And then after the final whistle, you could just see straight away the togetherness. And like he was just embracing everyone and the sweet Caroline going on in the, the changing rooms. I think that was vital um, for the whole season and promotion, that the whole togetherness of the squad. And just like, I know there was a whole like, he could have gone, but he didn't go. And he, he carried on staying till the end of the season, got us promoted. And it, it got us that first win in the Premier League as well. And I know it went a bit sour after that for Cisco Munoz and we all was blaming his tactics a little bit. But he got us promoted at the end of the day. He was a man in charge. So for me, he he would have been my manager of the year. You can't judge Claudio just yet. It's like he had a horrible run of games when he came in here, he had the Cities, Chelsea's, United, I know we beat United, the Arsenal's, Leicester, really tough run of fixtures. We we can start judging him after the January transfer window for me. Yeah, but uh, on that note as well, you could say that that run of games, yeah, we only won uh, two of them. Oh, no, sorry, we only won one of them, but we still are outside the bottom three. So that within itself is a, a blessing in disguise and a, a really good job. You know, we were lucky to lose to Chelsea. Man City and Man City, you know, they're ruthless. I mean, look at who they've played since. They've beaten Newcastle 4-0 today. Um, and they've um, they've beaten Leeds 7-0. You know, Christ, we, we know all too well about conceding that many goals at the Etihad. So when you look back on it, maybe 3-0 was, you know, a, a respectable scoreline. So... There are cases for Claudio Ranieri. I definitely think so. Uh, I mean, James, what what's your thoughts on this? Who's your manager of the year? I don't think there's necessarily a case for for Claudio Ranieri at the moment because you know I, I, I just I can't sit here and give someone manager of the year who 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 yes has come in and made an impact, but you know he has only won two games. Yes, the two games he he did win. Uh, were very, very good, but I can't sit here and, and give him manager of the year just for them two performances. So I think for me, I think you guys have, have pretty much covered all the points already. You know, the Premier League is is where Watford wants to be. Zisco got us to the Premier League. Yes, ultimately, uh, he wasn't actually good enough to, to manage in the Premier League himself, but he got us there. Um, and then hopefully now, Claudio Ranieri can kind of finish the job um, and keep us up. And then this time next year, uh, hopefully we'll be saying Claudio Ranieri is our manager of the year because hopefully uh, we won't have to change our manager uh, too many more times because it's getting it's getting a little bit frustrating talking about you know multiple managers in in a year. Yeah, absolutely. Next category. Next category is uh, we're on the fourth category now, so it is signing off the seat, signing off a year. Um, so we're going to take into account the January transfer window last year and now the summer transfer window. Uh, which happened a few months back. So, Mike, I'll go to you first. Um, signing of the year, I think you're probably going to speak for all all three of us here. Um, come on in, let's have it. I almost threw the biggest spanner you will ever see in the works here, by the way. Just just with my championship Watford head on. Um, uh, I, I thought he was a very good signing at the time in January and... He was what we needed to sort of push us over the line, the experience, etc. Um, I am going to go with the obvious one. And guys, for those that are watching, let us know your signing of the year in the comments. So, so as Ben said, 
that goes back to January's transfer window last year. So January 2020 up until now. Um, obvious answer is Emmanuel Dennis. Uh, I mean, three and a half million. How on earth did we get him? Three and a half million. Um, I, I think I've seen articles that have suggested that Arsenal and Inter Milan were interested and they would have had to have paid 35 million if I've read that correct. So the fact that we got him for such, you know, such a, a smaller amount, it's incredible. Um, and obviously the, the sort of, the, the tag that come along with him or as a troublemaker, he'll do this, he'll do that. We've not seen that yet. And we've just seen a player that's just ripped it up so far. And I think that's the obvious one. I think if I'm going to, I know this isn't, um, you know, this isn't part of your question, but if I'm going to go with just January transfer window from last year for the championship, I would say that Dan Gosling was probably the signing of that that uh, transfer window. You know, you look at the likes of Ben Watson when we signed him. Uh, we brought in Matthew Connolly the year we went up as well. Uh, I think we had uh, Sebastian Bassong as well. Those players, not necessarily the most talented. But in terms of the experience that they've got in that league and the experience that they've got promoting teams, I mean, Matthew Connolly's record of getting promoted, I think he had like four or five clubs in a row where he got promoted. So the experience they brought to the club was vital at the time. I mean, obviously, Dan Gosling scored that winner at Norwich, which you know really put us in a good position back then. So I think for that January, I would say Dan Gosling... But to answer your overall question, as you've said, I think I speak for you guys as well. It's got to be Emmanuel Dennis. It, James, you're nodding there. You, I'm, I'm assuming yours is uh, yours is Emmanuel Dennis as well, yeah? No, mine is uh, Ashraf Lazar. <laughs> no, no, of course, of course, it's, it's Emmanuel Dennis. I mean, what's he got? Seven goals, four assists. I mean, it's just it's, it's just ridiculous, isn't he? It, it reminds me of. Um, you know, he's Nigerian. He, he he kind of reminds me of Agalo, you know, during his first season in the Premier League. But but actually, I think he's much more talented than Agalo. I think, you know, his career mm-hmm. overall, you know, whatever he goes on to be will be better than will be better than Agalo's. You know, I fully expect him to to move on at some stage. Um, you know, his style will probably be first, but I think the next big player will sell will probably um be Dennis and, and rightly so because you know he, he doesn't he, he shouldn't be at Watford like you know he's we're very very privileged privileged to to have him um at the club so so yeah it's definitely um Emmanuel Dennis I think another shout would would maybe be um you know I mean he's not really up there but Philip Zinkenagel maybe in January I think he definitely was um on a free transfer yes obviously he's, he's not played at all this season because He's out on loan at, at Nottingham Forest. But I think, you know, Philip Zinkenhoff will maybe in the future uh, will be looking back at that deal. Um, you know, him coming in in January is, is, is a bargain. But, but of course, Emmanuel Dennis um, is, is my signing of, of, of the year. He's my signing of, of the decade at the moment. <laughs> yeah, uh, interesting what you say about that comparison with Igalo. Um, obviously, Igalo, Nigerian as well, knew where the back of the net was in his first season for us in the Prem. But I would go with you. I think he's much more talented. Igalo was a fox in the box. 
Dennis does more than that. He'll do the graft and then put it in the back of the net. So I think, I think that guy was, that. was like a one-trick pony as well. Like you knew what he was going to yeah. do, the Iggy chop, the obviously. Iggy scoop, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas Dennis, he's got, you know, he's got he's got everything. He's got skill, Nothing. pace, agility. Um, and, you know, I think he actually works harder than, than the guy did as well. So, so yeah, definitely um, very, very happy to, to have Dennis at the club. Absolutely. Rudy Clark-Johnson, Dennis and Sierra Elsa. Our two best signings this year, in my opinion. Was please do correct me, but was Sierra Elsa in January, or was he not at the start of the season? No, he was at the start of his last season, but he didn't play yeah. until that Norwich game in December, did he? So he didn't feature until December uh, time. Um, but yeah. did uh, you boys notice that um, Emmanuel Dennis and Nicolo both wore the number twenty-five at Watford as well? So maybe it's a shirt number. I did not do that. I did not know that, man. Uh, yeah. That is quite the observation that he's been. Fair play. Um, William Trusacong was bought in January. Is that who you're going for, Ben? He was also bought at the start of last uh, the championship season as well. Um, but no, um, obviously I agree with both of you for what you said with um, Emmanuel Dennis. If I was going to put a close second, for me personally, it would be Joshua King. Free transfer a centre-forward that this club's been dying out for for years, leads the line, he starts a press, he's very aggressive with his press, and the finishing that he brings as well, his hold-up play brings people into play. I just think Joshua King is the centre-forward that Watford have been crying out for for years. Uh, it, if it wasn't for Emmanuel Dennis and his, his two extra goals on King, I would have gone for Joshua King. There we go then. That's our signing of the year. Like I said, guys, if any of the if you're watching and you've not had your say in any of the previous awards or the categories, drop us drop it in the comments. We'll read them out still, even if it was the first award category or even if it's what we we're talking about now, drop it in there and we'll give you a shout out. Any questions as well, um, you know, Watford related, drop them in here as well and we'll look to um we'll we'll look to get those answered. I've just seen a question coming from Ant. Ant, hold that thought because what we're going to do now is um, I'm going to give my five questions to you and James. So all of them are multiple choice other than one. Now I'm having to remember these off the top of my head because I'm using my phone at the moment but I'm pretty sure that I've I've remembered them all. So without further ado we uh, we will start so the first question is, and this might be this may be in a, a bit of a, a random order, but as we said at the top of the show, William Trooster Kong, he has been in the mouths of Watford fans. In his name has been in the mouth of Watford fans recently. Um, so we'll start with a question relating to him. Now this one's multiple choice. So Ben and James, and what we'll do is you don't have to shout out first. I will ask for the answer each of you, and then we'll see where we go. Where did William Schuster Kong join Udinese from? Because obviously he joined us from Udinese. So where did he join them from? Was it Groningen? Now, um, Brendan, who's in here, will probably hammer me for that pronunciation because I don't know how to pronounce it. Was it Groningen? Was it Ghent? Or was it Bursa Spore? So, whoever wants to try Bursa and answer Sport. that one first. Ben, you've gone Bursa Spore, James? Uh, I'll go FC Groningen. Ben is correct. He did play for all three of those clubs, but he joined Udinese from Bursa Spore. 
I know he joined from a Turkish side, but I didn't know who. And then I was waiting for you to drop in that Turkish team. And thankfully, <laughs> no, I'll tell you what, the question was, is, is, is a good question because, as you say, he played for all three of them. So I, I did think I got it right because I definitely knew he played for, for FC Groningen. But, but there you go, up, up in the trip there. Just a pretty face, James. I know what I'm doing. Um, next question, keeping it within the theme. Uh, in fact, no. We'll, we'll move this question forward first. Just one to, to throw in there, just to see if you can get it. Who is the current oldest outfield Watford player? Outfield? Outfield. Tom Cleverley. I'll go with Kuchka. Euro Kuchka, 34. Um, it's then Craig Cathcart. Then it's Tom Cleverley. Surprisingly, he went Craig Cathcart, to be honest. Um, Ants just put this in. I think he meant to say Kushka, because we don't have (laughs) any players on the books called Koala. Uh, So maybe that's an Australian international joining in January. If you that's some inside knowledge there, and I'm I'm happy to take that in. Um, That's the new Adam Leventhal. Exactly, Koala is joining. Next question. So, our next game is on Boxing Day. Now, Watford's record on Boxing Day over the recent years hasn't been great. But can you tell me who we beat last time, who our last win was against on Boxing Day? That's that's an easy one. That's not multiple choice. Yeah. So, James... Well, Ben didn't answer, though. Yeah, but... You've said Norwich, you so he's not going to say Norwich, is it? Yeah. yeah, I'll yeah. give you that. First one to say an answer, you get that, James. Okay, thank you, thank you. Keeping scores on the doors, I hope. Who's winning at the moment? Is it? It's Ben, isn't it? Yeah. Is it two, oh, no. two? No, it's 2-1 to you, James. Is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. So here's one for you. This one will get the cogs turning. So, who has scored the last three goals for Watford on Boxing Day? So, regardless of if we've won, drawn or lost, who has scored the last three goals for Watford in Boxing Day fixtures? Is Marlisar being one? Yeah. Can you get the other two? Uh, Delafayu. Yeah, Delefeu. Is Troy Deeney the other one? No, Troy Deeney is not the other one. The, the last one is a hard one. I, I the Corey's game. Oh, I thought it was that Wolves game where we, we um, at home, we both scored. No, so it was Ismail Assar against Norwich. Delefeu against Sheffield United. Uh, and Ben Foster made a cracking save then. And then the last answer was Roberto Pereira against Chelsea. So if you oh, remember it, the was that the, uh, like the volley from the outside of the box? Correct, yes. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there we go. I've all, yeah, I, I've all five questions out there, haven't I? <laughs> I think we so. Don't yeah, yeah, I think so. Is uh, it your, your turn for lies now, is it, Mike? 
Lloyd. Uh, yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. So, okay, here's one for you. Keeping it with themes, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you under the bus a little bit. Can you two name me, or who can name me the most Christmas number ones? You both like your music. So, What's that? Christmas number ones. Christmas number ones. Yeah. Then you start. You start. Don't have to start high. You can start as low as you want and then build up from there if you want. Shall I start then? Yeah. I can name two Christmas number ones. <laughs> Go on then. <laughs> oh, what? If he wins, if he wins this, okay. I'm two Christmas number ones. On, I'm not guys. sure I could name two. <laughs> Uh, okay, has someone got a stopwatch ready? Yeah, I don't think you'll need wait, it, James, wait, if you know you two. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, the first one... I'll is, do the stopwatch, The first one is I Love Sausage Rolls by Lad Baby. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the second one... I, I, don't, I don't even know what the second one is. I'm just going to go, all I want for Christmas is you, Mariah Carey. Never one, never, never... No, that's never that been number, that number one. one. No, that's never been number one. Uh, yeah, surely it has. Google it. Never been number one. The closest it was was last year, but Lad Baby beat it again. Um, clock here, mate. Step into step into Christmas, Elton John. Yeah, I've done it. I've done it. There's two. How long to spare was it? About five seconds. Um, I just remembered as well, one more question, because I didn't. And this this is a bonus question. So, we're playing Wolves on Boxing Day. You can either of you, and this is really tough, I could only find three in our lifetime that I would have remembered. There was one that was way before our time, which you wouldn't have got. So, I could only find three. So I'm going to be generous here and I'm going to ask for two, in fact, because one of them could be dead obvious. Um, two players that have played for both Wolves and Watford because we've got Wolves and we've got Wolves next. Um, Darren Ward and Guardiola. Darren Ward wasn't the, one of the ones that I found, but yeah, Darren Ward did play for Wolves as well, didn't he? Were you all out of ideas then, James? I don't know. I'm out of ideas, mate. The other two that I found was Chris Iwalumo and Mike Williamson. Ah. So, well done, Ben. You uh, you scored a bonus point. But I used to be yeah. older sometimes, don't it? Yeah, exactly. Mike Williamson. He was decent at the time. Um Next category, right, so I think we're on to the sixth one now. Um, just trying to find it because I've actually lost it. Um, bear with me, two ticks. Um, where are we? Do, 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 I've got do, it, Ben. Before, the sixth category is that, a worst performance of the year. 
Uh, let me to start off with this one. Hands down, the defeat to Luton Town, one nil. Um, if we went to Luton Town off the back of a victory, I think we was looking to get a second win in a row or third win in a row, and the performance was so disappointing. It, it, I've never seen a team so not hyped up for a game in my whole life. I, I, I don't know if that's because the fans wasn't there. I imagine if the fans were there, the players would have been more up for it. But Luton were fast out of blocks. And if I remember, Luton were on us from the first whistle. Um, <laughs> just a close-up <laughs> of Mike drink there. Thank no, you very I'm, much. I'm answering Brendan's, Brendan's question without interrupting you. <laughs> but yeah, Luton's um, by far the worst performance of the season. Um, the mistake to concede the penalty as well, the miscommunication between Lazar and Backman. Lazar sold him down the river. Batman had to come out. He had to close the the angle for the striker running onto that. And unfortunately, he clattered in because of the speed he was coming out on. And then there was just no no real coming back into that. Um, I think we only really had maybe one or two shots on target as well. So I know recently we've had the Brentford performance, which has been poor. Obviously, we had that Coventry performance where Don Goodman was saying how poor what we were. I thought, me, the, um, Luton... I thought the Leeds result earlier this season was quite bad as well. Yeah, but for me, losing a local derby, that's got to be the worst performance of the season. Yeah, yeah I, um, I agree. Yeah, I mean, that game was... So, so disappointing. I mean, the first game round, it was in September, I, I remember it. And I think the Luton manager at the time said, um, yeah, has asked what I'm drinking. Now, Brendan, you you might not know of Strongbow, but Strongbow, no good. In Holland, they don't sell. That's not a problem. No good. Um <laughs> Brendan's also said the Wickham one. Uh, I think he's referring to the one-one draw. At least we got a point oh, out yeah. of that. I remember that. Um, but yeah, that was that was. Uh, Akinfenwa bullied us all game. But just going back, we to struggled Luton against one. big men all season in the championship, didn't we? Rotherham away, they had a big guy up the top. We were struggling against that as well. Just whatever team we came up against, we couldn't handle that long ball forward. I know we had the best defensive record in the championship last year. But there were still faults in that defence, wasn't there? And it was there was weaknesses, and you could see that we we couldn't deal with the long ball or the big man, especially Akin Fenwa. Jesus, it is it built like three men, and we couldn't get anywhere near him. No pace, but he didn't need pace. He just needed the muscle, just to bully our cent- central defenders. Yeah, um, yeah. I, to be honest, Ben, I, I think the the Luton game obviously is a massive, massive de- uh, disappointment. Uh, I was absolutely fuming after that game. Um, you know, I, I went out, I, I vaguely remember that, I went to the pub after that game and people were ringing me saying, oh dear, it's not quite gone to plan. And I says, I was saying on the phone, that's it, we're not going up. Like, we're not going to go up playing like that. Just keep us keep us in the championship. Like, what is the point? I was fuming. Uh, Backman lost his head as well in that game. Uh, a bit like he did against Brentford. I think I mentioned that in the last pod. Um so, yeah, that was a disappointment. As you said, Coventry as well. We just lacked anything. 
And that Leeds one, one of the few games I've been to this season. Again, it was like Cisco just stuck 11 men on the pitch and didn't instruct them on how to play or what to do or anything. I, th- I think that was the game that actually caused him to get sacked, wasn't it, really? That was. Yeah, yeah. that was his last game. Well, the, in didn't didn't they make the decision like the day after or something, didn't they? Uh, it was over the that evening or the day after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. James, what are you going with? I know you've agreed with a couple that we've said, but you haven't given a definitive answer. Oh, uh, no, my definitive answer would be, as Ben said, Luton. I think, you know, I've, I've never even been to like a Luton derby myself just because um, I think the last, I think the last one fans were, were allowed to was like back in 2006, seven, and I was like six years old. So um, obviously yeah. couldn't go to that. Um so yeah, probably probably Luton result. Obviously, we weren't actually there, but um, you know the Luton fans were were loving life that day, and you know you just wanted to to kind of avoid everything to do with uh, to do with Watford that day, and that kind of was the end of Ashraf Lazar's Watford career as well that day. So yeah, not not a great day for for anyone really. No, definitely not, Ben. Before you go on to the next category, Brendan has got a question for you. Thoughts on the new goalkeeper, the one that we've signed from um, Sparta Rotterdam, I think it is. Well, he's got a big frame to him, hasn't he? He's, he's quite a tall lad. Um, he's he's quite um, he's got a good agility. Gets down low really quickly for a big man as well, from what I've seen. Um, good in aerial duels as well, where he comes for crosses and handles it really well. I know he's just came back from injury as well and made his first appearance yesterday after his injury. I think I was reading saying that um, he had a bit of an iffy performance. Um, did they draw 2-2 maybe yesterday? Um, I'm not too sure. Maybe Brendan can help me out with that. But um, I know the Nigerian um, team are happy that he's, he's recovered from his injury with the African Cup of Nations coming up. So I think it's a good bit of business for Watford. Um, I know we were having this chat before saying about would we have him back in January? But I know there's a clause in his contract saying that he's got to carry on his loan spell in Rotterdam and then he'll join at the end of the season. And that's when possibly we'll see Ben Foster move on because obviously he's out of contract at the end of the season. Um, and then Daniel Batman, we're not too sure what's happening with him. I know he was looking to leave the club a few weeks ago and now Ben Foster's injured. He's getting a run in games. Um, so is he thinking, oh, I can actually stay here and be number one? But if I'm totally honest, I don't think Dan Batman is good enough to be a Premier League goalkeeper just yet to be playing week in, week out. I don't think Ben Foster really is either. So we're we kind of, at the moment, we're stuck in a sticky situation where we've got two keepers that are equally as good as each other, but I don't think they're good enough to be Premier League quality. Whereas the new goalkeeper from over in Denmark, uh, Holland <laughs> even, <Denmark>. sorry. <laughs> I'm, it's because I was thinking Dutch in my head and then I said uh, Denmark, okay. stupid guy. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Nigerian goalkeeper, um, he's highly rated. would be a lot of big clubs to sign him as well. So I think he'll be coming in and being our number one for next season. Yeah. And interesting, whilst we're on the subject of goalkeepers, uh, Doncaster Rovers have sat their manager and they've got a new manager in. And uh, it would seem that Pontus Dolberg's actually lost his spot in the team. I was chatting with a uh, Doncaster fan on Twitter and they says he's a good shot stopper but his overall game just isn't anywhere near the standard that you'd, you'd hope uh, which is really 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 interesting because you know I thought things were going brilliantly for him at Doncaster but obviously not so will, will that stall his development a little bit will that 
well, well, the, the, the I think he might head. get recalled in uh, in January, and they might look to to find him a new club in January. Yeah, I think so. Ben, next category, please. Mr. Uh, next category. category we've, we've we've just discussed the worst performance of the year. Now we're going to discuss the the best performance of the year. So we're, we're going from the January in the Championship right the way up to promotion. We've obviously seen a few victories in the Premier League now with Watford up towards now. So, James, I'll come to you first. What's been your um, best performance in the last last year? OK, so for me, um, obviously, there were some great performances in the Championship. I think, you know, the 2-0 uh, against Reading springs to mind, obviously beating Norwich, Boxing Day, um, and towards the end of the Championship season. Very, very key results, big results. Um, but because fans were allowed back in the ground because of the atmosphere, the actual result, what it meant for um, Ole at Man United, Amato Guru Brendan, um, obviously he was there as well. And yeah, it's the Manchester United, you know, 4-1 win for Watford. Fantastic result. Um, up there with, with that Liverpool 3-0 win for me. And it was just, you know, that that's what ultimately, you know, we pay our season ticket prices for. That's why we go to football for for games like that. You know, Rudy's saying uh, 6-0 against Bristol, but, you know, we were we wasn't there, you know, we, we couldn't go to couldn't go to the games and and you know, it was just it was it was so good to, to be there and, and watch Watford play the way we did. It was, you know, super from, from start to finish. So I think for me it's it's got to be the, the Manchester United win um under Claudio Ranieri. There was a few, wasn't there? At least we've got a few to pick from. Like for myself, before I come to you quickly, Mike, we've obviously got like a six nil at Rudy's just came up said against Bristol City we've obviously got that um, big win at Cardiff City where Messina scored with that free kick um, oh, yeah. Red Bull, that. the Norwich the Dan Gosling goal the 1-0 victory so vital I know Norwich got promoted the week before but to turn up there and play them off the park we were brilliant from a first whistle to a final whistle Dan Gosling could have had a hat-trick in the first half an hour um, he, he was that good that day but also, I've got to go with you, James. Manchester United at home, there's not off, many fans can say that we've, we've played Manchester United off the park. Um, we absolutely annihilated them. First half, best performance I've ever seen at Vickery Drive by Watford side. Um, Man United couldn't get close to us. We could have had more. We missed a penalty in the first couple of minutes. So it could have been a much bigger scoreline. Um, missed two penalties. Yeah, well, missed two, didn't we? Mike, what would your um, performance of the season be? Um, I would probably go with... There's two which is sticking out for me. Uh, and I'm surprised you guys haven't said it. Uh, the 5-2 against Everton. I think that mad 20 minutes or so or when we just turned it around and took the leads, that was great. But I also think at the time and the the situa- the circumstances that surrounded it, the way that we won it, I think Cardiff in the Championship was massive. Like We scored a free kick for the first time in, like, since Alman Abdi scored against Aston Villa. And yeah, the fans weren't there to enjoy it, but and the goalkeeper should have saved it, but we went 1-0 down and then we responded. And if I remember correctly, 
um, Cardiff were on this great run of form. Mick McCarthy had just come in and they were winning left, right and centre and picking up points. So it wasn't an easy game by any stretch of the imagination, regardless of how well we were doing. So I would probably go, I think, because of, again, because of circumstances, I'd probably go Everton. Like, we, Claudio Ranieri's first game in charge, 5-0 lost at home to Liverpool. Not ideal whatsoever. You could say it was a free hit. But we could have reacted horrendously to that game. We could have gone out and just, our heads would have been dropped and we would have been shit all game. But we absolutely annihilated Everton. We took advantage of their very, very poor defence. Uh, and it was off the back of a 5 nil win. So to go and then score five goals yourself, that's unheard of. Like Coming back from a heavy defeat, yeah, you've heard of it. But coming back and scoring the same amount of goals that you've conceded the week before, I don't think many teams would have done that. And, you know, I'd, I'd be happy to be proved wrong. But I think purely because of the morale, I think that one was the most important. But, Ben, you reeled off some really important performances and real good results as well. Um, James, you mentioned the 2-0 against Reading. Reading was still in with a, a fighting chance of, of going up that season. And uh, they come to Vicarage Road and we, we just brushed them aside the first half. And that was a big win. Uh, I mean, the, the win against Birmingham City for us at, at, at Vicarage Road, very, very dominant. Uh, and obviously a good one for me as well. The win against Aston Villa, first home game of the season. Fans back in for the first time since how long? You know, there's so many. I mean, George there, Everton away for him as well. There is so many, when you look back on it, that not only good performances, but real, real like important results as well. And they don't necessarily have to be the best performance in terms of how we played. It also sort of includes what it meant for us at the time. So, that's a real, real tough category to actually nail one down. But I just think purely because of what happened the week before, I'm going to have to go with the, the Everton 5-2 win and the dominance and the confidence and the ruthlessness. Uh, I, I just thought that that was superb and, you know, um, a, a real, real boost. Unfortunately, we couldn't then follow it up. So maybe you could say, well, we didn't follow it up. So it can't have been that good for morale. But I just think that we, we were ruthless. That's the most ruthless I've seen us in the Premier League. Uh, and, I mean, the Man U game, yeah, great result. Don't get me wrong. But we, we were playing a, a wounded animal. We really, really were. And I think we'd have been disappointed if we didn't get a result. Let's put it that way. I, I, that doesn't mean to sound cocky or arrogant or anything. But we'd have been disappointed if we didn't come off that pitch with a result. So... Uh, as as good as beating Man U 4-1 at home is, we've beaten Man U at home before. Um, you know, it, it's nothing new to us. It's not alien at all to us. But I, I'm going to go with Everton. The the long, long-winded answer. But yeah, Everton for me then. Right. Um, we have missed off a little category. Um, we've gone out of sync a little bit. We've missed one. So I'll throw it in quickly. Just very quickly, guys. Goal of the season. Um well, goal of the year. Um, we've 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 seen so many, um, especially like Rudy Six. We we scored six against Bristol City. Um, we scored lots of good goals last season. It, unfortunately, Joe Pedro's goal against Derby doesn't make the cut because it was the other side of Christmas, so you can't go for that one. Um, 
And then we've scored goals this season, but is any of them going to sneak in for you guys? Um, James, your your goal of last season, uh, last uh, year. Okay. My goal of last season is... Now, I think for me, the question is, do you go with actually the quality of the goal or do you go with the importance of the goal? Am I, are we going with like the quality of the goal and, and you know, top That's... corner or whatever? That's what I'm going with, personally. Yeah, I'll, I'll go for quality. Um, uh, if it was importance, I think we would all probably go with Dan Goslin's. Uh, um, not yeah, a... that's what I was going to... All right, so... Um, but, um, yeah, Ru- quality-wise. I think there's two for me. I think Rudy's, you know, listed one of them there for me. I think Chalaba's goal against Cardiff, the skill to, to get the ball from under his feet, to turn away um, from the Cardiff defence, to make the space. It's just, you know, it was, it was so, so good. The other goal that springs to mind uh, is Sars second against Reading. Um, it was just, I mean, the first goal he scored against Reading was really good as well, but the second one he scored was, um, you know, the goalkeeper had no chance. But I think for me, um, as Rudy says, I think Chalaba's goal against Cardiff, just the skill, um, the skill that was needed to actually create the space to, to make the opportunity. Um, yeah, I think I'll, I'll go with Nathaniel Chalaba uh, against Cardiff City. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you, James. The other one that, if we're really off names, Ken Semmer scored like a half volley away at Rotherham, which he fizzed it into a bottom corner as well, which was a really good technique as well. Um, but you can't beat Chalibur's um, two-step, wasn't it? He kind of went one way, went the other way, sent the defender, and then he, the composure to keep it so close to your body as well and not let it get to your opponent and then just fizz it into the corner. You've got to remember... Cardiff scored like a minute or two just before that happens as well. Um, so it was just a fantastic strike and just what we needed at the right time. So for me as well, Chalaba wins that all day long. Mike? Yeah, um, you've listed off some some absolute perlers. James has actually mentioned my winner. Uh, and I think purely because of the absolute owners to try and do it, Ismail Asar's second against Reading for me. He almost broke the bloody net. Like, it was an absolute scorcher. His first one was brilliant. I think his first one was his weak foot and he's curled it and keeper's got no chance. But that second one, Christ almighty, how the goal didn't fall down. Or do the, that, the angle was so tight as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm going to go with that. Chalaba won it on halfway, gave it to Zinkenegorm and he just slid it down the side of a defender and then Saar just unleashed a complete thunder bastard into the back of the net. But just before that, he scored a good goal as well, didn't he? He had the ball in his right foot, cut in on his left foot and then just curled it into the top corner as well. So that was a really good finish as well. We've been blessed with loads of good goals. Will Hughes' goal against Bristol City on the edge of the box as well. Um, that took a deflection. Ah... Okay. Sorry to be that guy, but I think it did take a deflection. Um, I'll tell you who else uh, scored uh, a, a good goal. Um, I, I, I can't one... believe we've not named it. Isaac's success against Swansea City at home. Oh, <laughs> my God. What a goal that was. The audacity to try that. How have we missed that? Performing. Now he's at Udinese. I take it back. Isaac's success. <laughs> You know, oh, he actually he scored for them the other day, didn't he, um, Isaac? Yeah, and he assisted Delafayu as well. He's doing well, really Delefeu, well over uh, it. Yesterday as well. Did you see his two goals? It was incredible. Two goals, yeah. Yeah, Impressive. yeah. 
Absolutely. No, Ben, that is a shout and a half. That is Isaac's success against Swansea. That game, like, it meant, it meant really a fuck all to us because we'd already gone up, right? But I, I still think that I was still a little bit nervous because that home record that we preserved for the longevity of the season, it was so important to me. I was, I was quite nervous. I was like, I don't want us to lose this. I think we had the best defensive record since Preston in 05-06 when we went up via the playoffs. And I wanted us so badly to get that best home defensive record. Uh, I don't know what it's looking like for this season. Um, I know Coventry at some stage had an absolutely unbelievable home record, but they've sort of gone off the boil a little bit now. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Fulham or Bournemouth or someone like that. But I, I think our home record that season, it's going to take a few years for someone to come close to matching that. And I'm not just saying that because we're a Watford podcast. We we were we were the dogs bollocks at home. We really really were. So uh, so yeah, we've we've gone from one extreme to the other, haven't we? I was thinking <laughs> it earlier. Where we've we've had the best defence in the championship. We came up thinking oh, we'll be all right. We'll be quite solid this season. We've got a good frame to like work on. It's been anything but, has it? We've we've shipped goals left, right, and centre. Um, so many injuries to our central defence as well, and. I just can't wait for January to arrive just to try and get into more um, additions to that squad and hopefully um, Siriel to be back train well he's back training now and he'll be he'll be more fit for the Wolves game. You got Inkule who's who's close to return as well, um, so hopefully things will improve. But yeah, just one one thing to the other, isn't it? It's like really good against uh, in the Championship and then just awful in, in the Premier League. Um, but we've we've got one category left. And we've also got a quick game of lies to play, um, which is my one. So I'll throw it in now for you two. Um, so what I want to know is I'm going to stay Christmas related because it is a Christmas podcast. Um, so I want to know how many Santa reindeers can you name? I don't even know how many there is. There's nine. Hmm. <laughs> I should know this because I was listening to a podcast the other day where they got asked the same question and I was laughing. Um, <laughs> Thinking no, that won't come up on my podcast. No, that won't. <laughs> I won't ever need this information, so I won't retain it. James, you look pretty focused. Like you want to, you want to name your number first, and I'll. I'll, I'll uh, I can name three. Oh God. Solid. I can name four. Liar. Yeah? Yeah. So, <laughs> Comet, Dasha, Rudolph. Don't laugh at me, but there's one called Prancer. Yeah. Yeah. Booyah! You've I, done I it, mate. I should, well have, done. I should have gone higher, really. You've done it. So, it's, there's nine nine reindeers. Um, we've got Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, Vixen, Comet, Rupid, uh, Cupid, sorry, Donna, Blizzard, and Rudolph. Well done, Mike. Donna? Yeah, Donna. Donna Kebab. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking straight away. I'm thinking that's tonight's been assorted. <laughs> Nice Mate, I had a kebab the other night and I was so disappointed. It was so crap. 
Oh, gross. I haven't had one for a while. I think tonight might be the night. I'm in work Right, so final I... topic now, boys. Um, it, it's the most important one, maybe. It's who do we think was the best player for Watford in the last Canada year? Um, so, who, who wants to go first on this one? Because it's quite a tough one, because obviously we were so good in the Championship. There was that one guy who maybe stood out in the Championship and won the club's award, and then we've gone into a Premier League. He has been good, but he's unfortunately got injured. Um, so we've not seen him for the last few weeks. And someone new's came in, a new kid on the block. He's came in and he, he can't stop scoring. Um, so, James, who's your annual Watford player of the year? Uh, so my player of the year is Ismail Assar. Now, I know Ben was trying to make the case for, for Emmanuel Dennis there. Of course, he's, he's made a massive impact. But I just think, you know, looking back, you know, you, you have to look back at the championship season as well. You know, Ismail Assar, you know, was the reason we got promoted ultimately. Um, and Ismail Assar has had a good season this year in the Premier League as well. He scored five goals. He rescued, um, you know, our draw against Newcastle. Uh, you know, he scored against Aston Villa. He scored some key goals this season, Ismail Assar. scored against Manchester United as well. Um, yes, he's injured. Yes, Emmanuel Dennis is the guy at the moment. Um, but we wouldn't be in this position in the Premier League um, if it wasn't for, for Ismail Assar. We wouldn't even be in the, in, the, in the division at all. So I think for me, yes, you know, there's obviously other candidates, but, you know, Ismail Assar, you know, is, is definitely um, yeah, the player of the year for me. Yeah, it's, um, it's going to be tough not to be generic on this one. Like, we didn't expect Ismail Assar to stay with us in the Championship. He did, and he did exactly what we thought he was going to do in the Championship. So it is really tough to look past him. Uh, I mean, Emmanuel Dennis, you mentioned there, Ben. He's doing great so far, but I hate to be negative Nelly here, but do we know, do we know and trust that he's going to keep this up for the rest of the year? Like, Well, not for the rest of the year, because there's only one game left, but it, it's... It's so so hard to, to to pick him based on the the amount of time that he's he's been here, and I think Sierra Elsa as well. Ben, you mentioned him; he, he got injured, and he's not quite got the chance this season that we perhaps would have wanted to. I mean, Cross Williams, Shusa Kong in the Championship as well; he was solid as well. Dan Backman, another solid performer, won his place because Ben Foster got injured. And he made that place his own and he was superb in the championship. Um, so, so many to choose from. Uh, I'm going to have to be boring. I'm going to have to go with James. Uh, James's uh, uh, option of Ismail Assar. I mean, Rudy Clark-Johnson there saying, I would say last season, in my opinion, will be Kiko Femenia. Kiko Femenia has been good this season as well. Um, you know, I, I think so many times you've we've, we've been looking and, well, you, you watch... Kiko Femenea, and we sort of say he doesn't look like a defender. He, he likes getting forward too much. He gets caught out when he's coming back, but he seems to have sort of worked on that a little bit. So, um, George White agrees with us, Sar all day long. I, I just think because of the importance of him in the Championship, and he's coming to this season, and luckily we brought in Dennis and King, and we're not having to rely as much on Ishmael Asar. 
But I, I hate to be generic, but I, it's got to be Saar for me, Ben. It really has to. The guy's just phenomenal. Really helped us last season, as we knew he would. Um, didn't sulk as well. You know, he was linked mm. with Liverpool. I think Sadio Mane was at a stage where he was looking at apartments in Liverpool from uh, Saar. So that just goes to show how close he was to leaving the football club. And not once did he sulk. You know, you see so many young players nowadays, they don't get their way, they don't get their dream move, throw the toys out the front. He didn't do that one bit. He was like, I'm just here, I want to play football. And he knuckled down. And yeah, he had a bit of a rocky start to the season, but uh, Vladimir Rivic wasn't playing him in his preferred position. And he, as soon as we, we changed that formation, he really come into his own and he's done well this uh, so far this season. And yeah, uh, Ishmael Asar for me. Uh, ben, I assume it's going to be a clean sweep unless you're going to throw a surprise on out there for us. Uh, no, I agree with you, you boys. Um, I think we were blessed to have Ismail Asar in the championship. Not many teams would be able to have a guy of his quality in a championship and get the figures that he produced for us last season. Um, we was lucky that he had a whole season as well, didn't have an injury. Um, going back to last season, or well, last year, he scored a very important goal at Stoke away when we was under the cosh. And him and Troy both stepped up and scored two good goals that game. I know um, Saab was involved in the penalty, one which Troy scored from. But just before that, he, he was sent away on the right-hand side and, unre- and unleashed a, a shot at fist past the goalkeeper. And that was another performance where we weren't really in the game, but it, it took a moment of quality to get us the three points. Um, and then he's minus slightly scored two against Bristol City as well. He scored away at Middlesbrough that season. We were one nil up. I know we went back to one one, but a point away at Middlesbrough is not a bad point. Looking back on it, um, he scored at Rotherham away as well. Two against Reading. Um, then he scored that penalty against Millwall, which confirmed promotion for Watford. Then in the Premier League this season, he's obviously scored two away at Norwich. Um, in our in our, Good victory away from home. He scored against Newcastle this season. Scored from the opening game, game a day of the season against Aston Villa. I just think last season we was a bit of a one-man team and relied a lot on Ismail Asar. I don't think we have to rely on him as much this season. We do have other players which is helping him. Um, we may be a two-man, three-man team now where we've got the front three, but they've all got more than five goals or more. We've got Joshua King who's chipping in with the goals, who's leading the line. We've got Emmanuel Dennis who's on seven goals and he's just looking so, so good. And we, we just know that at the moment, if he carries on with his form, he's too good for Watford and we know that eventually he'll probably go on. But we'll get a lot of money for him, just like Ismail Asar. Um, so we're, we're very lucky at the moment to have three very good strikers at the club. But going off last season, the whole year, same as you, James. If it weren't for Ismail Asar, we wouldn't be here talking, being a Premier League podcast. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, I really, really do. Um, Ismail Asar continues to do what Ismail Asar continues to do. And if we do lose, if we do lose him in, uh, it won't be January now because he'll be injured. Uh, he's not going to Afghan either, which. It, does it really matter? You know, if he'd have gone to Afghan, he'd have been missing the games, he's injured. So, uh, if we do lose him at the end of the season and we somehow manage to keep hold of Dennis, Saar, uh, Dennis and King, sorry, it might not be as big a blow. 
Uh, I, I just want to say as well before we wrap up, if you've if you've been watching on Twitter, I should have mentioned this at the start. I'm so sorry. If you've been watching on Twitter and you've been commenting and putting questions in or whatever, I do apologise if I've not read them out. We can't actually see the 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 streaming service we use for whatever reason doesn't throw up Twitter questions. So it, it, you've got you've got a little bit of time to jump over to Facebook or YouTube and. Drop any questions if if you want to ask any, but um, yeah, apologies if that if that has been the case. Um, we've had a question from a Nottingham Forest fan. What's it like to be in the Prem, lads? I'm a Forest fan now. I'm half tempted to tell him not to worry because Forest won't get there. But um, I, I just it's 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 interesting. I mean, everyone loves the the Championship. You know, when, when you're a again, don't want to come across as cocky or arrogant, but when you're a team that's come down from the Premier League, it's not often that you're not favourite to go back up the next season. So we were in a very lucky position where we thought with the squad that we had, we was going to go into the Championship most weeks and, and win. And that's great when you're winning every week. You know, our podcast benefited from it massively. The, 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 the bulk of our figures and the bulk of our listeners and the bulk of our downloads come from the Championship season. That's not to say that we're not getting good numbers this season, but the bulk of them come then because we were winning most weeks. We were enjo- well, we're still enjoying it now, but we we're enjoying it even more because we we're winning, and that's great. But when you get to the championship, you you're obviously not going to win as many games because, unfortunately, now the Premier League, the only way that you're going to survive or the only way that you're going to put up a fighting chance is if you spend spend this. And I, I feel like I said this on a podcast before on our podcast before. Sorry. I think the Pozzo, and this is going massively off topic, by the way, so apologies, but just to fill in a bit of a gap. I think the Pozzos need to find an investor. It's obvious that they don't have the money to compete with other owners, and I'm not calling them out for that one bit. I'm not trying to have a go at them. But look at West Ham. West Ham have got Gold and Sullivan, I think. I think they're still there. They've just had a Czech investor. We, If we can get an investor with the stability of the Pozzos that we've got and the things they've got in place. If we've got an investor that will invest the money, then we will reap this we will reap the benefits, absolutely. Uh, and I really, really wouldn't say no to it whatsoever. Uh, I mean there's been so many whispers and murmurs of everything in, in the past. Um I think Americans may be looking at it, I don't know, but um I certainly wouldn't say no. I really, really wouldn't. But um but yeah, uh, I mean, we've been live now for an hour and a half. We are going to convert this into a podcast. Um, apologies for my audio today, my my visual, everything, my connection or everything. Uh, it, it's been, it, it's not served me well at all. And that doesn't hold you in good stead when you're meant to be hosting the bloody thing. So apologies if you're listening back, then hopefully it's not too bad. Uh, with me dropping out and dropping in and my audio and everything else. But we really do appreciate everyone that's been in, watching, um, the comments, the questions. It's been brilliant. We've loved it. Um, Like me and Ben have said, um, we're going to be doing more of these as well. Um, Hopefully more live shows. We might even, a little exclusive now, we might even be doing for the midweek games, Twitter spaces. We might jump on there after and just give our thoughts on there uh, as a sort of mini podcast, if you like. Uh, ben, you had your hand up there. Was that was that on purpose? Did you want to make a point? 
Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to subscribe. Join the channel. <laughs> you know what you've got to do. Hit subscribe, hit subscribe, hit like, hit the bell button, the notification button, so every time we go on YouTube, whether it's live, post on there, you will be notified to say Voices of the Vic have uploaded. So Ben is doing it there. Hit subscribe. Absolutely, Ben. You're absolutely spot on. Um, tell your friends, if you're a Watford fan, spread the word. Like us on Twitter. I forgot that this is going on. Going on. Uh, this is going out on all platforms. I don't know whether that is John on his wife's or daughter's account because it's got the same surname as John, a regular listener of ours, John Parslow. I'm trying to read what that says, Ben. My eyesight's terrible. I've got glasses on as well. Uh, so, John, if that is you, thank you very much. Big up. Um, yeah. Uh, George White as well. Met him at Leeds away. George, hope you're doing well, mate. Hope you have a good Christmas. But, yeah, um, I thought it was, John. I thought so. Uh, unless you change your name by Depop in the last few days. Nothing else to do. No football on, is there? Um, but, yeah, it's uh, we've really enjoyed this hour and a half, just over an hour and a half. Uh, I've not got dr- as drunk as I did in the promotion podcast because I still have to work tomorrow. I'm working till Christmas Eve. Um, Rudy Clark Johnson, great to see you. Well, which isn't enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, all, all seriousness, Merry Christmas to everyone, and I hope they all have a really good Christmas and stay safe. I know Boris might say some things, but just have a, a, as good of a Christmas as you can and come on your own. And subscribe to the Watford way as well. That'd be very nice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. As James said, I'm, I'm pointing that way. He's that way on my screen. So hopefully he's on your screen as well. Yeah. Um, James has, you know, he, he's joined us as a more permanent fixture, as we know, uh, for the regular listeners. But James still does his stuff over on Watford way. So make sure that you subscribe to them, follow them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. Uh, and hopefully... Us three will be back with a podcast of some sort to talk about the Boxing Day game. I mean, like it says at the top of the show, hopefully everyone's all good. The Watford players that caught coronavirus, hopefully they're all well um, or they're they're, they're now tested negative. I think they come out of isolation. I think you worked it out. Is it Christmas Eve, Ben, they come out? Yeah, you didn't want to be in isolation, Um, especially if they had to stay in that Burnley Hotel. We'd have to stay there till Christmas Eve. Um, so yeah. hopefully, I've seen that they've been able to get um, private cars all the way back home. Though, so um, luckily, they can spend it with their family. But yeah, it would be Christmas Eve when it would be coming up. Absolutely, and as John said, there, Merry Christmas. And if no games, don't worry, we get a new defence after Christmas. That's what I'll be asking Santa for: a new defence and hopefully three points away at Wolverhampton Wanderers. But yeah, we've really, really enjoyed it. Like I said, this will be going out as an audio, so. If you've only just joined, uh, we are leaving you now, but I'll make sure that this gets uploaded as an audio file as well. Um, that should be tomorrow, but depending on my laptop dying halfway through, I don't know if it's all right now. But yeah, I'll get sorted on that. But we really, really do appreciate it. We hope you've enjoyed this the live stream tonight. We've enjoyed ourselves. And uh, yeah, like I say, hopefully we'll be back to discuss a Boxing Day victory against Wolverhampton Wanderers. Come on, you ones. 
Social Podcast Network.